0: introduction of all that stuff we normally have. You got to put up with me just this way today and you're going to hear a dog barking in the background. <laughs> That's not my dog. I'm up in Lewiston, uh, Maine and as I'm up here in Lewiston, Maine, um, Great Parish, uh, Prince of Peace Parish, it's called, they have five uh, church buildings here and it's an unbelievable place. Uh, Unbelievable place. I've been very, very impressed. The priests, especially the pastors, fantastic. And uh, the people have been responding quite well. Last night we had confessions, as always, and it uh, was fantastic. And the church here is this big basilica of St. Peter and St. Paul here, where we have been uh, preaching every night. And uh, it's one of the most beautiful churches in America. It's unbelievable, humongous humongous, in Middleston of Lewiston, Maine. Are you kidding? So tonight's the last night of the mission. And so if you're in the area, come. Tonight's the night of healing. And uh, so we'd encourage you, if you'd like to come, please come. The This is Anchored in Hope with Father Larry Richards. I'm Father Larry, in case you're wondering. <laughs> and I'm sure you all know that. That's why you're here. And this is your chance. Uh, I don't have any of my uh, uh, downloaded... Questions. So, all the questions today are going to be taken from uh, here, live. So, if you want to ask any particular question, just type it in the box, and then I will get to it under the comments, and um, we'll do as, as good as we can here. I'm just trying to make sure we're yeah. here now. There you we'll go. Do as, as Let me turn as this off here. Just here. Trying to there you go. That'll work skip trial okay so um let's pray in the, name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen father thank you for your love thank you for your presence thank you for always being faithful to us even when we are not faithful to you father thank you for loving us thank you for sending jesus to die for us thank you for the parish that I'm at and the people that are here. Thank you for all the people that are watching and will watch this Anchored in Hope podcast. Father, fill us with your Holy Spirit that we may speak your truth and only your truth. Help us to know your will, to live your will, to do your will because it's your will. We beg you these things, Holy Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, pray for us. Good Saint Joseph, pray for us. In the, name of the father and the son and the holy spirit amen well again welcome it's not as fancy today i'm in the guest room that they gave me and it's a very nice guest room there's a humongous crucifix there above the bed of san domiano and then there's some uh, uh, religious art there too and so it's uh again it's a great place here and so i'm glad i can be here and i'm glad i can be live with you today Next week, I will not have a chance to be live with you uh, because I'm going to be in Lafayette, or flying back from Lafayette, Louisiana. I'll be doing a talk down there Wednesday night for the Goddess uh, group, uh, God willing. And then I fly back and I won't get back to Erie till about uh, four o'clock. And then I have a meeting with my board for the reason for our hope at seven o'clock, excuse me. Then I go, uh, so I fly in from, drive in from Cleveland, I get in at 4 o'clock and then I, after my meeting I get back in a car and I drive down to Pittsburgh because I'm flying up to uh, Midway, Chicago next Saturday, not this Saturday, the following Saturday and uh, to do a men's conference up in DeKalb, um, Illinois. So I fly into Midway in Chicago and then I go up there uh, from there. So, And then I'm free for, God willing, the rest of... uh, December and everything. Again, as I put on my, those who listen to my homilies today, I just ask you to be praying for me and my family. Um, while all this stuff is happening. I'm up here doing a mission. And then Saturday I have a men's conference. Um, my mother isn't doing well. My stepfather's in the hospital right now. And my mother, we thought that, uh, we put her in this Catholic home in Pittsburgh, the Vincentian, thinking that, uh, they would take her when she got bad. But then we found out they won't. And then uh, they said she doesn't have enough money to be able to stay there in memory care. So here's a Catholic institution that uh, will not take my mother because she doesn't have enough money. They said that she'll statistically live for eight and a half more years. How can anybody tell that? And she only has enough money for two and a half years. Uh, so they told us to look somewhere else. So it uh, breaks my heart as a priest at a, a Catholic institution. Uh, don't take people in, you know, unless they have money. That's just so sad. And so my stepfather's in the hospitals. My sister's over there. Everybody's going crazy. I've been on the phone these last days, uh, trying as best we can to work everything out. So it's uh, it's hard for me not to be there and be up here. So... I ask you, please, in your kindness, just to pray for my family, my mother, my stepfather, my whole family as we uh, try to find a place. Please pray that the spirit of the living God will open up places or a place that will be the best fit for my mother, um, who has, her dementia has really uh, got a lot worse in these couple last couple of weeks. So uh, please pray for that, if you would. Thank you very much. I know you are very faithful to this stuff. So thank you. Anyway, let's now go and start answering some of your questions here, okay? So, um, good afternoon, good afternoon on this Veterans Day. Absolutely, I put out all my stuff. Happy Veterans Day to all those veterans out there. Thank you for giving yourself for us and to keep us safe. You know, every day at Mass, I always pray for our servicemen and women, who uh, give their life to keep us safe and who try everything to make sure and to protect us and to fight for us. So we're so, so grateful for all of you who have uh, been of service to our country, not just our country, but other countries. I know people around the world watch us. And so we celebrate once a year here, we call Veterans Day for all those who have went before us and those who fight for our country. And I'm sure you're grateful to those who keep you safe and fight for your country, too. So today is also the Feast of St. Martin of Tours, who was a, uh, uh, in the army and that in the service and was a, a great saint. Uh, so it's a fitting that today happens on his feast day. Okay. So let's go here. Thank you for your prayers, Richard. Uh, okay, Julian. Hi, Father don't really don't really what is required to wear a scapular and why it's important thanks for the information about this again uh we talked a little bit about this last week uh the scapular is something to show that we belong to our blessed mother it also is happening it does it through the carmelites you know and it's so officially it should be a carmelite priest to invest you but also now all priests can do that and I was invested in a scapular after my first communion in second grade. But you don't have to be invested. I mean, like, I wear my scapular. I've wore one since the second grade. And it re, uh, reminds me who I belong to. I belong to Jesus through Mary. But it also shows that I am protected by her and that I'm one of her own. You know, when Jesus was on the cross and he said, Behold your mother, John took Mary into his care. And so we take Mary into our care. And of course, when we take Mary into our care, Mary takes us into her care. So, uh, you know, it's, it's important, you know, it, it's not... Uh, It's important to get the scapular blessed. Any priest can bless this. If you want to be invested in it, any priest can do that. There's usually, you can go online and see being invested in a scapular and the right, and you can give it to the priest, and he could do that for you. Um, Most will do that. But again, you can still wear it, and Our Lady will still take care of you. Even if you're not invested yet, even if it's not blessed, it's a great sign. You know, again, this isn't uh, superstition, and it isn't just ritual. It's a sign that you love her and you belong to her and that she uh, belongs to you because Jesus gave you. That was his last gift he ever gave us on the cross, right? The very last gift he ever gave us was behold your mother. And he said it to John who always represents all of us. So we're just so grateful that our Lord and God would give us his mother and share her with us. And so that's why we wear it so encourage you to. If you don't wear one, get one. It's an important reality. I not only wear my scapular, it's under here. And on my scapular, you know, again, last week or a couple weeks ago, they were talking about, uh, you know, can you put other metals on there? And I'm going to show you right now. This is my scapular. And I always love it. says, whoever dies wearing this will not suffer eternal hell. That was one of the promises. But again, it's not. I used to tell my boys, it doesn't mean you can wear this and do anything you want. I said, if you're having sex with your girlfriend while wearing this and you're not married, it'll be used to drag you to hell. So you can't just put this in the, you know, say, oh, no matter what I do. This is not superstition. And on here, I have a cross, a crucifix, of course. And on here, I have a miraculous medal. I give them out like candy. Uh, and then... On here, I have a Saint Benedict medal. And so, uh, and then I have a, a cross underneath here also. You know, so you can do that. And again, I, I wear the scapular to show I belong to the Blessed Mother, and I wear this uh, piece of chain to show that I have, remind me that I belong to Jesus through the Blessed Mother and that I am a spiritual slave of God and her. And so, uh, that's the consecration of Blessed Mother to, uh, to Louis de Montfort's consecration. Uh, You can do that throughout. You can learn more about that online, and um, it's a very, uh, it's a very strong consecration, the original one. I really like uh, the thirty-day, thirty-three days of morning glory too, by Father. um, Oh my, I just uh, great guy, uh, great great guy, and he has thirty-three days of uh, morning glory. I always pick on him because he likes to pick on me, but I'm much older than him, so. But anyway, uh, Gately, uh, Father Gately. So he's a great guy and has a great book, and it's a more modern, using John Paul II, very good, thank you, Susan. Father Michael Gately, uh, using John Paul II and um, um, Mother Teresa of Calcutta and um, uh, Mother Teresa and Maximilian Colby. And so it's, uh, it's a great and it's a modern one. It's a simpler one. Uh, it doesn't matter which one you use, but if you want to dedicate yourself to who Jesus dedicated himself, you never have to worry when it comes to Mary, huh? You're never going to have to worry, as Louis de Montfort said, you're going to love her too much. You will never love her as much as Jesus loved her. Never. And so we who belong to Jesus love who Jesus loved. And Jesus loved, and Jesus still loves his mother. So it's a a great thing uh, when we dedicate ourselves to Our Lady, and it's always, of course, to Jesus. The very last words that Mary ever said was, do whatever he tells you. And those are still the words that Mary says to us today. Do whatever he tells you. That's why it's important you have the Scripture and you spend time with the Scripture. You're listening to Mary who's telling you to do whatever her son tells you. Read the Bible, and you'll know what her son tells you to do. Okay? So I hope that helps. Mary, can you talk about the gift of tears? I heard this term on a podcast and would like to know more. Can you point me to a resource that can enlighten me? You know, I've heard about this throughout the years, and I just think that uh, it's a way that some people who cry a lot... uh, uh, okay what what they do and say, I have the gift of tears, you know, so, uh, because I've seen throughout the years, I mean, people say this stuff all the time, I have the gift of tears, Father, and I go, good, I wish you had the gift of joy, because Jesus said that uh, at the, uh, before he went in John chapter 15, it says, all this I've told you so that my joy may be in you, and your joy may be complete, so I always say we should all have the gift of joy, Uh, But the gift of tears is normally, you know, like someone like St. Francis of Assisi. Every time he saw a cross, he would cry. But they weren't crying tears of uh, self-pity. They were tears of, wow, how much he loved me. And so if they're self-pity tears, that's not a gift. But if they're tears that help you to have like a joyful tears about what jesus christ has done for you on the cross and what he continues to do for you every day by keeping you alive by saving you then that would be but i'd encourage you if you want you know the people that are really into this just put gift of tears in uh, google and uh put catholic in there so you make sure you get the catholic version of it and uh, see what happens you will usually get both sides of that and again i'm always uh big on looking at both sides of everything. Look at the, the, the good about it, the bad about it, what theologians say about it, because we're always seeking truth. Huh? And truth is open to anything, not that we're afraid of anything. Like again, if, I, I've said this a million times, but if someone could prove to me Buddha was God, I'd become a Buddhist. But Jesus Christ proved that he was God by rising from the dead. No one else has ever done that. And not only do I believe that, that he died, but I know that from my experience of him. But I'm always open to whatever because God can handle this because he's the ultimate truth, right? So I always say that we don't close ourselves and say, no, 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 I don't want to hear anything else. God can handle anything because he's the ultimate truth. So always look at all sides and then pray about it and then have what the scripture says again, what Jesus tells us, discernment of spirits so that you know what is of God and what is not of God. Anything that I even say about all these podcasts, everything I've ever done, make sure that whatever I say, if it doesn't hit you right, pray about it. Seek discernment. You know, again, I never want to do anything to lead anybody astray, but sometimes I might. I don't know everything, as everybody knows. Sometimes I'm emotional. I get crazy and I just uh, yow and scream and carry on, like last week when when someone was pushing me about no salvation outside the church, and I'm, oh please, people go crazy, and sometimes I go crazy. So instead of just looking up things and listening to echo chambers, which most of us do, we just listen to people who agree with us. We need to make sure that we're going beyond just the people who agree with us. Or we're not really open to truth. We're open to our version of the truth. And by definition, that is not truth. So... Again, so look it up, pray about it, ask for discernment. The Spirit of God will lead you in all things Jesus promised us, so uh, you can trust him in that. Okay. Yes, I'm sorry, too. Thank you for your prayers. Uh, Please, thank you for all those uh, people who are praying. Thank you, Maria, uh, Nancy, and all of you who are praying. Nancy says, Maria Irene, it says, I support a prison ministry financially, writing inmates and in prayer. Friends, family have objections because of the victim or victims of family who are hurting. <laughs> oh my. Every one of us have hurt people. I have, you have, everyone who's listening to us right now, you have hurt people. And yet you want mercy. And Jesus said, of course, that uh, our job is to bring mercy. The first person Jesus offered mercy to and the first person that went to the cross, that went to heaven, as we talk about again and again, is the good thief. Now, with the, the reasoning of your friends, say, why should you reach out to them? They've hurt people. Yep, they have. Yep, that's why they're being punished. That's why justice is being fulfilled. But we got to be reaching out in love. Jesus said in Matthew 25, I was in prison and you visited me. That's what Jesus said. So don't listen to all these other people that tell you other things. Listen to Jesus. Because what Jesus says is whatever you do to the least of my brothers and sisters, whether they're in prison or not in prison, I added that, but in Matthew 25, he says that you do to me. So just tell them, I don't deserve mercy, and God gives it to me. You don't deserve mercy, and God gives it to me. They don't deserve mercy, but I'll be the instrument of mercy because that's what God wants me to do. So that's what you say. But again, no matter what, no matter what, people are against it. But think about it. They were against Jesus. They were so against Jesus, the good people of the time, the good people, they killed him. It was the good people that killed Jesus. It was the people that, if you were calling, that were always faithful to the commandments, always faithful to God. They're the ones that killed the Son of God. So we just got to watch because it's the good people that love to judge everybody else now and don't want to give mercy. You know, again, it's mercy for me, but justice for everybody else. Mercy for me, but justice for everybody else. People of God, no mercy for you if you don't give mercy to everybody else. You understand that? The measure with which you measure will be measured back to you. So keep writing to them. We have a ministry in our parish that that's what they do. We have lots of people, and I'm fully supportive of it. Absolutely. I used to live with ex-convicts and alcoholics, people who had done horrible things, and to see them as Jesus Christ. We got to, of course, take care of victims, too. We don't choose one after the other. We got to treat all people as Jesus. But when Jesus said, love your enemies, he meant that. That wasn't a suggestion, people. It was a command. A command. So we got to do it. Okay? Very good. So uh, it does help. Thank you. I've gone through morning glory, and it was great. Thank you, guys. Exactly correct. I watch your daily mass almost every day, but sometimes you or Father Mac read different readings the way... That uh, that are in my missile are there days with optional different readings? Absolutely, there are. I uh, always stay with the ones that are in the missile. Father Mac will use the ones uh, that could be the optional readings for the saint of the day. He likes to use those readings. Um, I don't. I just stay with the regular ones that most people do. But he likes to do, and that is an option. And uh, sometimes. If you go to, uh, like, Liturgy of the Hours or even go to the uh, the Bishops' Committee, put daily readings, they'll give you both sets of readings, so you can look for the optional readings of the day and the regular readings of the day. I, 99% of the time, just go with what uh, is uh, suggested for that day. Father Mac, most of the time, will go with the options. Both of those things you can find online. Uh, before. And I'd encourage you, whenever those of you who watch our daily mass is uh, go to, uh, get the readings and everything ahead of time so you can participate. Uh, that'd be a, a fantastic thing. So it's, uh, uh, that would be good. But that, yes, there are options and they do it. Hi, Andy. It's good to have you on here. I hope you're uh, picking on your bishop down there. <laughs> and say. So, Say it was from me. He'll he'll handle it. Okay. Hi, Father Larry. What is the Roman Catholic Church who stands with Masonic Lodge organization? It's you cannot be a Catholic and a Mason. And not so much because in the United States, see, uh, Masons have their own religion. You know, um, there's a whole history of it and you can look at lying just, and I encourage you to do that. Go online and put the Catholic Church and Masons and you're going to, Uh, find a whole history of uh, why we can't be Masons. Now, in America, they do a lot of good, right, with the Shriners and taking care of uh, kids. And you can help them take care of kids and that, of course. But I've known throughout the years lots of Catholics who call themselves good Catholics that are members that are Masons. And we always tell them, no, you can't do that. (laughs) But uh, people do all kinds of things now. But no, you cannot be a Mason and a Catholic uh, because it's, uh, it's a whole other type religion. Uh, they have, like, if, if you ever been to a funeral, if some, someone was a Mason, they have their own rites, their own prayers, uh, that too. And that's why it's so uh, difficult when you're a Catholic and you're going there and you're saying the prayers and then you find out the Masons are coming over. You had no idea the guy was a Mason. and <laughs> like, uh. But again, you cannot be Catholic and Mason officially. Okay? So... But look it up and find out all the reasons why, uh, because I can't go into all that now, but there's a lot of reasons for it. Okay. Do-do-do-do-do, praying for you. Get home now, get home. I will as soon as I, hopefully I can get home on uh, Monday. Uh, I get back uh, Sunday night, so we'll see. I heard this saying today. It said, highway to hell and stairway to heaven, and there's a big traffic jam so take the stairs. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Like I said last week that um, according to Jesus, most people go to hell. They don't go to heaven. That's a sad reality. Huh? He said, the, and that was the first thing I used to make the kids memorized. So we got to make sure that uh, we're on the narrow way. Because the road that leads to damnation is wide. And many people choose it, but then Jesus said the road that leads to eternal life is narrow and how few there are who find it. And I think that's why it's so important that the way to heaven is the way of love. And the way of love is when we lay down our life for others. But even, even people who are good, quote unquote, Catholics that are just living for themselves and just living and following the rules so they can get to heaven, they haven't learned yet that the way of Jesus, the way of the God of the universe was to leave heaven, become a man, die on the cross for us and give away his life. And then he says to us, I want you to love others the way I do. So what does that mean? That our whole life must be lived, be giving it away for others. Again, so uh, like as a priest or like a priest does what I do. So here I am uh, preaching to bring people to heaven and we've been packed and it's been good and so people are you know last night conversions people who haven't been to confession over 50 years a lot of them who had not been to confession in 50 years so brought salvation to them last night brought being set free from slavery last night but while I'm doing this I can't be with my family so I got a Uh, die to myself now again if I was the only one in my family then there wouldn't even be an option but I have a sister I have a brother that's in Pittsburgh I have nieces and nephews that my mother took care of uh, uh, throughout their whole lives they lived with her she took care of them so there is a place where that they're they're taking care of her but it's just hard as her son that uh, I'm a priest and I gotta be doing uh what I can for all the world, knowing that my mother's being taken care of. But that's why I know that I count on your prayers to uh to fill in that blank, that God is present. Like when I went to the scriptures and all this started happening, it was Monday. And uh, you know, as always when I go to the morning, no Bible, no breakfast, no Bible, no bed. The the scripture the Lord gave me that day on Monday was uh And you shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So I'm thinking, okay, God wanted to remind me that he's with me. And especially when all this stuff started happening. It was all happening Monday. And I'm like going uh, crazy to sit there and what should I do? What should I do? And then again, when I was meditating on that throughout the day, he says, I am with you. I am with your mother. I am with your sister. I am with your brother. You don't have to try to control this. I am God. I am in charge. And I am with you. And I am with your mother. So it gave me some great peace. So that's, it's helped. Oh, good. Um, Anyway, go on. Praying for your mom, stepdad, and other members of your family. Thank you very much. I stayed quiet when I learned a relative was baptizing her son Lutheran, whereas her other children was baptized Catholic and attends Catholic school. Uh, what should I have said or should I say something in the future? It's a done deal. At least the child is baptized. And again, as long as the child was baptized in the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit, the child was still baptized and still fullness of it all. So later on, uh, just pray for them. I mean, that's the whole thing. Because... Um, you don't know why it happened. You know, sometimes, and again, like I'm in Maine right now, as I said, and like the, the, uh, the pastor here told me, Maine is the most unchurched state in the nation. And again, that's why they have uh, maybe 60 priests in the diocese. In the diocese of Maine, yeah, of Portland, it's the whole state of Maine. And there's only 60 priests here. And so, here they have five parish buildings that have merged and uh, now they have uh, two or three parish buildings and they have all these people and they were the pastor was telling me they have like 370 funerals every year. Think about that. That's uh, one a day. Sometimes they have three times a day. And so, And um, so people don't even go to church anymore, and half sometimes the 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 reason is because of the scandal that they saw priests that were hurting. There's just I just read today that the priest in Cleveland uh, got life in prison. This young priest, I don't even think he was ordained five years, because he was a sexual predator. How does that even happen today? How could people uh, that are thinking people sit there and say, oh, you know, uh, God bless the church? You know, they really, really uh, are so scandalized. You know, and the way we've dealt with it throughout the years, sometimes that's why they don't want to be part of the Catholic church. And can we truly blame them? So our job now, especially priests and bishops, is to win people back, not through fear, but through love. And to show them and assure them as best as possible we're not gonna let this stuff happen. And that's the, uh, that's gotta be what we do. We gotta do everything to protect our children. We gotta truly repent of all this stuff in the past, but we at least gotta be able to understand why people have left us instead of judging them, instead of hitting them over the head, we should at least begin by understanding why some of them have left, why some of them have been hurt because the people who are to protect them and get them to heaven have led them and hurt them in a horrible way. So we need to understand where they're at and meet them where they are and pray for them and love them so that they can come back to the fullness of the faith. I mean, that's why I do a mission. So there's people been here who have been away from the church for many years. And so they'd come to me last night and they're, they're back. And so the angels and saints rejoice in heaven. So we have to treat everyone who uh, is outside the church as prisoners of war, if you will. And you don't get mad at prisoners of war. Um, do everything to get them back. And so we got to do everything to get our people back. Even in my parish now, we're down before COVID, about 25%. And um, I mean, since before COVID, like now we're down 25%. And I sent everything out to try to get people to uh, come back. Uh, And some people, they go to other churches. They don't come back here. Now, every time, like some of them, I've been there when their parents have died. I've been there with all their stuff. And for whatever reason, they don't want to come back. And so uh, sometimes I get mad. Because I just think I keep giving everything, and I'm listen. I'm not a perfect uh, priest. I try with all my heart to do the best I can, but I've made a lot of mistakes, and I do. Um, I get it. Uh, but sometimes I'm thinking, you know, like last weekend when I when I was, uh, I didn't get into the uh, my hotel to one o'clock one uh, in Pittsburgh at one o'clock in the morning, um, took and slept for. A, Couple hours, got in a car, drove up to uh, Erie, said my parish mass, had a meeting, uh, did some other stuff, got back in a car, drove back to Pittsburgh, um, went to bed, got up at 3:30 uh, in the morning, flew to come to come here, and the next uh, couple weeks I'm going to be doing a lot of that. But the reason I do it is because I want to be present to my people, and uh, I've been doing this for 20 years to make sure that I'm always there for them. But I said, uh, yeah, there's a lot of them that don't care less and uh, don't see us as a community, but it's as a country club where a lot of people see their Catholic church now as a country club. So I go to what best suits me and what best uh, uh, fits my needs instead of uh, what can I give and how I can be an active member, someone who lays down their life for my community. I become someone who just looks for what can you do for me. And the moment things aren't going my way, then I go somewhere else and find my own thing. That's not what the church is. We need to be there in good times and in bad for each other. Always. That's just uh, what we should be. We're a family. Uh, Imperfect. Imperfect. All of us. So, but we still need, I wish if your people there, stay faithful, huh? Stay faithful to your parish, stay faithful. Uh, don't just sit there and see what can you do for me and judge everybody else. Do everything you can to serve, to give your life. Because that's what Jesus did and you're called to be Jesus. So, be faithful. Okay. Okay, sorry here about uh, James, can you explain how purgatory was started? I don't know how purgatory was uh, started, James. Uh, And purgatory, again, as I've talked about before, is a process of purgation. And so, like we talked about uh, in these last weeks, that when a soul dies, if they're not in a state of grace... If they are in a state of grace, but they still have sins, venial sins, or whatever, they need to be purified. Because why? Because heaven is a place of love. And because all of us have selfishness inside of us and different things, that when we come and we die, the God of love, who is a fire, the fire of his love, comes and embraces us. And as he embraces us, he burns away all of our selfishness so we can enter the kingdom of love where God loves us, where we love him, and we love each other forever. So I would imagine it's always been there for anyone who has died because when Jesus died on the cross, he went to the past, if you will, too, right? Because Adam and Eve were set free from the abode of the dead and everything, and there's a great uh, story on uh, you read on the uh, Holy Saturday about all these people are the abode of the dead because nobody could go to heaven before Jesus died on the cross. And then when he dies, he goes down, he opens the gates and he sets them free. And so um, I guess the place of purgatory or the purgation would happen after Christ rose from the dead and set everybody free. So there's the purgation. But again, uh, as everybody uh, can tell, I'm not a great theologian. I am uh, one that hopefully can explain things a little bit. But if you want greater detail on that, I always tell people to go to uh, catholic.com. You know, Catholic Answers down there. Uh, they're great people. And uh, they can go through the whole history of it. And, uh, and that would be helpful. You can even go to their website. Okay? But thanks for the question. Jacob, do you have any advice for a college student trying to find God's plan for himself? Absolutely, Jacob. You got to pray, 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 pray. And when you're praying, you got to listen. I wrote a whole book on this called Surrender, and that's how to live God's will. And then I have a CD out on that called uh, uh, Living God's Will. And to summarize the whole thing, both the book and the CD, it's in His will is our peace. So, Jacob, when you're thinking about what God's calling you to, because he does have a plan for your life. When you were created, he created you to do something. He'll let you do anything you want because you're free, but you won't be happy, truly happy, unless you're doing what he was creating you for. It's kind of like if you're a bird, you're not going to be, he'll let you go into the water and uh, try to swim around, but that's not what you were created for. You were created to soar in the heavens. So. The best thing to do as you're trying to discern, like if you want to be a priest or get married or be single, is to ask the Lord in prayer, in silence, God, uh, what do you want me to do? And you can put all the things you might feel called to. Be a priest, one page. Get married, another page. Uh, Be single, another page. Or what college you want to go to or what you want to do for a living. Put all the options down on different sheets of paper. And then, Pray with it and sit with the good and the bad. So put on those sheets, you know, what's good about being a priest? What's bad about being a priest? What's good about getting married? What's bad about getting married? What's good about being single? What's bad about being single? And then sit with the Lord and say, Jesus, I'll do anything you want. I exist to please you. I want to, like, again, I, I know when I drop dead, I want to be able to stand before God and I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what I want to hear from God. So I got to make sure that I've done what he wanted me to do. So you say, God, I'll do anything you want. I exist to please you. I exist to do your will. And then you take, and this might be hours, days, months. You just sit there and you take each of your options and you pray with it. And if it doesn't give you peace, get rid of it. It does not of God, you know. Now you might get down to two things and they're both giving you peace and you're going back and forth and back and forth. And then one of the best ways to get you over the top is if you were to drop dead right now, what of these two things would make God say, well done, good and faithful servant. And sometimes it's hard to hear God's word. That's why it's important Uh, hear God's voice, that we have a spiritual director, especially if we're thinking of seminary and that, so someone else can help you discern. Because sometimes uh, our discernment isn't good in itself, so we need other people to talk to and uh, walk through. But the best thing is if you do those things, I just encourage you to do, usually it's going to get you into the will of God and living God's will. Okay? Thank you. So, Jacob... Okay, Jennifer says, let go and let God and trust in the Lord with all your heart. There you go. But how do you do that practically? And that's what I told you. Barbara, hello, Father. My ex-husband passed away today. Well, I'm sorry about that, Barbara. Please pray that he gets to see Jesus. He was not very religious. And um, absolutely. I'd encourage you to say the Divine Mercy Chaplet for him. Uh, and when you say the Divine Mercy Chaplet, the Divine Mercy Chaplet, put his name in there. So again, let's say his name was David. Just sit there and say, because of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on David and on the whole world. And then you can be doing some great things for your spouse. I'm sorry, something just came on my phone and it took me off. <laughs> <That's what> happens. <laughs> anyway, but that would be helpful. Of course, we'll pray for your ex-husband, Barbara. Nancy says, Father, I tuned in late and not certain what happened to your mom. We'll keep praying for her. She just has Alzheimer's and it's got worse. And we need to put her in a place. And the place we thought um, would take her, they won't take her. So that's the problem. So it's driving me crazy. Okay. Okay. Give permission. There you go. Could you talk about the angels, Father, specifically the proper perspective that we should have of the angels and the type of relationship we should have with them? Well, again, angels were given to us by God to protect us. So every one of us have a guardian angel given us the moment that we were conceived to guard us and protect us and to get us to heaven. There's the nine choirs of angels and the The first three choirs have to do with God, you know, the seraphim and that. Lucifer was a seraphim angel. And then the next three choirs have to do with the world and the universe. And the last three choirs have to deal with us. So archangels, angels, and uh, guardian angels. Uh, And so the angels are not corporal beings. They don't have bodies. They can take bodies, as we've seen in Scripture, for a specific... uh, uh, ministry, but angels are there to do the will of God and to bring bring messages to God, or they worship God, the seraphim. So, it's a uh, but they're spiritual beings, and they're there to bring forth the uh, to do as God created them. So, if you want to do a lot of history, Thomas Aquinas and that talked about it, but put the nine choirs of angels. Catholic and angels, not these, because you got to watch, because angels is very new agey now, too, about, oh, I had this angel. I mean, come on. So uh, Google it, Catholic and then angels, and you'll get the traditional thing of the nine choirs and what each choir does. And it'd be, uh, I don't have all that information in front of me, but that would be what I'd encourage you to do. Okay. Um, Michelle, hello, Father, praying for your family. Thank you. Uh, Tanya, what do you do if you're sick or dying and can't get your spouse or family to help? Again, you're not alone. God is with you. So if you're sick or dying and they won't help, then you've got to just go to our Lord. You know, God is always present to us. Always. We've got to be present to him. But if you're truly sick or dying and they won't help, make sure you call a priest and have the priest sit there and um, uh, come and anoint you. But also, sometimes when you get the priest, like at our parish, when we find out there's people and there's no one there for them, uh, we have people that are willing to volunteer and people that'll cook for them and um, and drop meals off. And then there's other uh, organizations that'll help that too. You can't make family members do things, if only, huh? Um, So you have two choices. You can sit there and feel bad about all that and just uh, know how bad it is, or, well, what can you do? And that's what uh, I begin with, knowing that God is with you. Two, contacting your parish, talking to the priest, asking for the anointing of the sick. Uh, Three, asking them if there's anything you can do because you're alone and you need help. And they, if they can't do it, they at least should be able to get you to an organization that will, okay? Patty says, Father Larry, guarding your mother, please speak to the Community Social Service Director. There may be other options uh, to possibly keep her where she is, uh, find placement somewhere else. We, uh, I just, I did a lot of research uh, yesterday and we are looking at the places because she needs memory care and uh, that uh, group they told us to call is a place for mom and it's a place that'll help us find somewhere for her and it's free of charge. So uh, I'm just sad that um, here I am, a Catholic priest, giving my life to the God of the universe and to his church and um, the the Catholic uh, group um, won't even, won't take her unless we have enough money. Now there's another uh, group in Pittsburgh of uh, great nuns, uh, sisters of charity or daughters of charity, or but they will take her, but she has too much money. <laughs> I guess they'll take destitute people, you know. So it's kind of like in the middle of that. But don't worry, we're trying everything we can. Okay, let's go on here. Uh, I am coming to your talk on Saturday. Good job, Stephen. It'll be great to have you there. Again, Saturday here in Portland. I'm the only speaker, you poor people. So we're going to have confessions. We're going to have mass. Um, It's going to be in Brunswick. uh, So outside of Portland, they got me a hotel in Portland. um, But I have to drive. They're telling me I have to drive to the place early in the morning Saturday. Uh, And then I leave... uh, by 6 o'clock, I'm leaving uh, Portland so I can get back to my parish for Masses and that. So uh, be good to have you. Anyone else in the area, uh, any men, it's a men's conference. Come, we'll have a fine time. Do, 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 do. I will pray for your ex-husband. There you go, good job. Father, what do you think about hearing Mass and not understanding the language? My husband said, we're there for the sacrament. However, with Masses online now, which is better? Well, you... you uh, if you're, you should go wherever you can get the physical body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus, of course, uh, that would be the number one thing, first. The second thing is that you'd go to, you understand it, huh? Uh, that's why I, I don't do a Latin mass because I don't know any Latin. Uh, I don't go to a Latin mass because I don't know any Latin, you know? So, uh, but if I go to Germany or if I'm in Ireland or if I'm, I'm in Ireland, of course, it's in English, but if I'm in like Italy, uh, You know, I can't even celebrate because I don't know what they're saying. I know uh, the English for it, but I don't know the stuff. But if it comes to, you know, I want to receive the Eucharist, I'll go to any language. It doesn't matter to me. Latin, uh, Italian, French, whatever. So uh, just get the Eucharist as much as you can. But if online, the best thing is to find something you understand because we want to hear the gospel and hear the homily and make sure that we can uh, be taking that in and changing our hearts and our lives to do what God wants us to do. Okay, Uh, doing online mass or going to church and receiving communion, not understanding the word and the homily, again, uh, most important is that you receive communion. Most important. Okay, deliverance, protection, please, contrition, confession, absolutely. Thank you, uh, Susan, have to go now, Father, taking my dad to lunch for Veterans Day. That's fantastic, Mark. It's my first time turning in and I'm glad I did because it's very identifying. Okay, thank you, Mark, for saying that. Though you're not here, God will bless you. Okay, here we go. What are some practical ways for my wife and I to develop a spiritual life together? We go to mass together, but we both want to do more than just that, but we're not sure where to start. Fantastic question. Like I always tell people that the best thing you can do is uh, pray with your spouse. So very, very simple especially if this is new to you, you can start each night before you go to bed by saying, uh, holding hands and saying the Lord's Prayer, the most perfect prayer. Not by saying it real fast, but to let it echo through your being because this is the prayer of Jesus. You're saying the very words of Jesus. It's the most perfect prayer there is. (laughs) My parish just put out the prayers for the sick and it just went on there. Did you have to do it right now in the midst of my talk? Anyway, so... uh, uh, so that's where you begin, holding hands, saying the Lord's Prayer. But then as you get more comfortable with each other, the best thing you do every night is you just take your your spouse in your arms or hands uh, or hold hands and you just say, Father God of the universe, I pray here for my my spouse and I ask you to bless her and to hold her, help her to know that all the stuff that uh, that she's not alone, that I'm here and I love her and I'll never let her go. And then your spouse does, and I pray for my husband, and he may be strong, he may be loving, he may be wise, and you share your soul. And there's a lot of, uh, like I used to buy couples a, um, like there's a couples Bible that have uh, prayer things. and There's a lot of uh, books out there just for couples that'll help you pray together and uh, talk to each other uh, about certain things. So I encourage you to uh, to do that, but. Basically, start praying with each other, holding hands, saying the Lord's Prayer, and then go deeper as the time goes on. Oh, good evening from Germany. There you go. I love Germany. I Like you all know, my great-great-grandmother 20-some generations ago was St. Elizabeth of Hungary. So, I've been to Germany twice, but I haven't been to where she's at. So, uh, uh where she's buried and at uh, what's left of her. And so I want to get there uh, to do that in these next couple years. Uh, are there any spiritual difference between adoring Jesus and the monstrance and adoring him in a tabernacle? No, uh, it's all the same reality. It's just what makes it, uh, like for me, it really intensifies my prayer when he's in the monstrance in front of me, that I want to be able to look at him Now, at the tabernacle, he's still 100% uh, present. He's just as present. So um, you can go and sit in front of the tabernacle and do adoration. It's just, again, one is more, it's uh, how, what, you know, that's why some people like the Latin Mass, some people like the English Mass. It's something that they relate to and it helps them to pray more. And so that's where they go. So if it helps you to pray more, like for me, it helps me better when I can see him in the monstrance. And so uh, uh, it's just more fruitful for me. Uh, But the reality is the same. Jesus is present there no matter what, 100%. Hi, Father Larry. Have you uh, uh, you have a new fan from Washington State? My brother has been watching and listening to you for a few years. Introduce me to you. Well, thank you for uh, welcome. It's good again. Hopefully, you're not a fan of me. You're you know we got to keep going to Jesus. Just I'm I'm the biggest jerk there is. Just look at Jesus. Thank you for uh, coming though and watching. Padre, as you said earlier, God is with you and your family. Yes, absolutely. God will take care of her, absolutely. Thank you, Father. Um, Good. So, the end of the question. So, we're going to end our thing a little early because I have uh, to get ready for tonight's talk. Again, I'm just very grateful for you, uh, that you come and listen and that you uh, give time uh, to this podcast. Uh, I just ask you again to keep, keep praying uh, for me. If I... I hope I didn't miss any questions. Sometimes I do because I'm trying to do two things at the same time. I didn't do it on purpose. Uh, Pray for my family. No, I'm praying for you uh, every morning and every night. Okay? The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless, keep, and protect you, He who is Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you.